Say what's happening. You say the facts are in daylight. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> the way you was nodding your head I was said otherwise. But you were but. so excited. Hey, what's up, builders? It's your girl, Kansu at the Blogger, and you are now listening to the LBF podcast. With me today is Rick of the previous Rick and Naaman show. <laughs> he took it away from us, guys. Go ahead and say something uh, and explain yourself um, to the builders. I think the thing is, if you listen to that last episode, you kind of understand it. It's not it's not a forever, ever, ever, ever type of thing. But, you know, one day it, it might come back in some form or another. You know what I'm saying? All right. But y'all know that voice. Uh, Rick has been on several of the LBF episodes. Um, you were on Friend Zone. Mm-hmm. You were on the Earn It episode, which is always a favorite. And um, it was another one. It was another we one. Did. The Burnout was a good one. Yep, that, that was, was a really, really good one. I listen to that whenever series. I am actually getting back <laughs> in Burnout. <laughs> yeah, that one was a good one. Um, yeah. I feel like it's been more, but I know you've been on my show, our Rick and Naaman, at least three or four times. One, two. I think it was That's three. like three. Is it that first time? Because the like four of us more. did it, like me, you, Naaman, and Kendra did it twice. Mm-hmm. No, we yeah. did it three times. We it have three twice. shows together. Because we recorded okay. back to back and then we recorded another day. You might be right. So it might be it might be four. <laughs> it's either it's four or five, something like that. We we're familiar with with each other. Right. That's what it is. So even though um the current episodes of the Rick and Naming show are not, you know, they've already let the show go, you can still find those episodes and go back and listen and get all the great information and conversations that they have there. So make sure you check that out on all your streaming platforms. Thank you. Yeah, they're definitely still there. Definitely keeping them up so people can listen to them. Yes. Um, so today we're going to be doing a Dating 102. So if you are familiar with LBF Podcast, we did a Dating 101 on season one i think (laughs) um and that was a fun episode but you actually posed this question to me Mm -hmm. uh and you said what are some things that look good on paper but basically those things don't aren't actually good when you're starting to date someone so it really made me think and I shared this question on my social media, and we got a lot of good you did. responses. You got a really yeah. a lot, a lot of good responses. <laughs> a lot of good responses, a lot of good feedback. People were actually like on this topic, and I was just like, "Well, dang!" <laughs> I didn't expect it to go like that. I was like, "Wow, all right, look at that." Yeah, it was so. We're gonna just run discuss that, and then we'll also. You know, when we get to a specific one, we'll plug in what the builders had to say about that, too. Yeah, I feel like that that thing can kind of go a couple of ways, that uh, that question, because it's like I've been thinking about what some of the responses have been and mm-hmm. thinking about some of my thoughts. And it's just kind of crazy because I feel like a lot of times you can meet someone that's wonderful and you guys have 
some kind of connection. It might just be a physical connection. And you could look at that person and you can know that person and analyze it and say, this is cool, but mm-hmm. this wouldn't mm-hmm. last. This would be this would be a hot flame that would burn out. Right. You kind of already size someone up and how they're going to be able to like have that longevity or not in your life. And also like what they're going to be able to contribute based on like what you really want. Yeah. And sometimes people are just good for the moment. And you can tell that based off of those like, that that realization that even though they might have all the stuff on paper and when we say on paper i mean like first impressions right you got the first day the first couple of weeks everything seems really good the person is you know showing up the way that you think that you want them to show up and they have all the things that you think you want and then when you dig deeper you realize like oh this person is Mm -hmm. not going to be able to withstand this this ain't it (laughs) This ain't that like I thought this it was. It. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Before we get into like the actual ones, like have you, do you have something that you feel like either now or previously looked good on paper, but when it came to practice, like you weren't so great at? Like uh, something about me? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I think it's something that I've seen in other and in, in the women that I've dated. I, I can think of one in particular, but. I'm very attentive and sometimes that attentiveness can be a little bit much if you're not prepared for it mm-hmm. because it's kind of like I'm either not in or I'm all in and mm-hmm. and like if you're that. not and it's like if you're not in the, in the headspace that I'm in because now part of the way the question came about is because women that I would have dated previously and we would have had a good a six month run year run maybe like a little bit longer i'm kind of like not even down to do that now because i'm looking for something that's going to last a lot longer than just a couple fun years i want something that's going to be forever and i can't waste two years because that's interfering with me finding the person that i want to spend the rest of my life with right and that's real i mean this conversation as fun as it will be (laughs) is also um it helps you realize like you can't just take things at that first impression and you can't just go off of a very small piece of knowing someone. And then when you get mature and you realize your own patterns when it comes to dating, you get better at realizing like, okay, even though this person looks all great, like I just know that in practice, this isn't going to work for what I want. Yeah. I feel and like so, it's a level of maturity too. It it's has it's to like be, an awakening. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, because if I mean, some people, you know, choose not to have that awakening. Some people just go throughout and date like they still 17. But you're supposed to mature in how you choose people um, and how you allow them to show up in your life, too. So, yeah, I don't think everybody ever I don't think people ever necessarily get aware. And some people are just happy where they're at. Like I have uncles. I have uncles that are in their 50s and they still dating like 20 year olds. And it's like. Yo, like this is what we really doing right now. We just gonna. <laughs> hey, they call it midlife crisis or something. Man, <laughs> we passed that. It, it's just some people just never want the same things, and and yeah. and so I remember I was having a conversation with uh, some people, some older, some older men, and 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 they were talking about the game. It's like you know I have all these girls, blah 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 blah, and I'm like, yo, that just sounds so unappealing to me. That is not something, like yo, like you're getting old. Like, who was going to be there with you on Sunday nights and, and mm. Monday mornings? Like, who was really – you? it's just – it feels very shallow to to rotate 
women or people for that matter in and out of your life like i just want somebody who i know is for me and that i don't have to worry about you know like just somebody that mm-hmm. i know has my back somebody i have their back 100 and i feel like when you have that times that i've had that it might have been temporary but it's a beautiful thing to have and i can't imagine any temporary flings filling that void because that's a right. big void to fill I mean, I'm not going to discount the experience people have with, you know, having temporary people because sometimes, like you said, we want different things. Yeah, for they sure. They might not want that, you know, in-depth connection because they feel like they don't have the time, the energy to give to it because it is a mutual thing. Whenever you expect someone to pour into you, you're just supposed to be understanding that you're going to have to give that stuff back in return. Yeah. So if somebody is choosing not to partake in that experience, I can't say that, um, you know, I'm a judge them for it not saying that's what you're doing but i do for me and mine i do want something that if i if i get sick i want somebody that's going to care enough to come check on me i want someone who is going to be able to have that longevity so that i don't know it's that stability and that comfort you know and i get that too part of being able to get to that point though is realizing these patterns and sometimes (laughs) people put their best foot forward <laughs> and then you start like walking along on a journey with them and you realize like oh you really ain't got it together as much as i thought you had it together so, yes they had their crazy um, real well huh i said they hide their crazy real well yeah you know so i because i didn't share mine i'll share mine Ooh. i think that my I have a few. You had a few. <laughs> I tell, have a few. Tell us so, more. <laughs> Me and the builders are listening. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, of course, I always talk about it. So, it's the good girl. That was the title that I donned that looks good on paper. But in practice, I didn't really have no person. I had a personality I knew about, but I wasn't allowing myself to be seen by other people because I was performing. And so, that was something that worked against the relationship because... I wasn't being my own person, if that makes sense. It does. Um, and also, it was a, by the way, it was a very good article. Oh, thank you. That, yeah. And, and Death to the Death to the was a good guy. Death to the good girl was the article. Death to the good guy. I did write Death to yeah, the. Yeah, you good wrote. Guy I wrote. Too. I read yeah. both. Like both of them were really well written, and I could see myself in Death to the Good Guy. Like I definitely saw your point of view, even though I, when you were writing, and I was like, eh, I don't know if I agree with that or not. <laughs> But we talked about it and I read it and I was like, all right, you changed my mind a little bit. But sometimes if I don't, like, it's never when I have a conversation that I feel like I want to try to persuade people. But if they're not persuaded, that doesn't, at least I made you think, you know what I'm saying? At least I made you like, okay, I don't agree with her and this is why. Yeah. You know, so that's always cool with me. But yeah, so that and then also kind of what you said too, like, I'm a very passionate person. Sometimes I could be a little bit too intense. You? And, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait, why is this surprising? It's not. It was a joke. Oh, I was being sarcastic. That was a sarcastic you. I the inflection didn't. You oh, know, I'm sorry. Whatever. You? You? <laughs> is that better? <laughs> anyway, but yeah, sometimes I can be, and um, like you said, if the person isn't prepared for it, I I know well enough now to let people know, like, hey, I'm intense, <laughs> but um. Yeah. So that's something that usually looks good on paper. People want you to be all about them until you're all about them. Twenty four seven and, and ain't uh-huh. no off I was listening to uh, uh Afro Latina and she was talking 
she's talking about how people always want a spicy Latino woman. And she's like, you want a spicy Latino woman until I'm spicy three months into the relationship still. And you're like, can I put you on? Can I put an off switch over here? Listen, and that's another one, too, because everybody wants a woman who is, you know, on the other side of that, I'm going to put, like, sexual, right? So that's part of it, too, like sexual differences. Looks good on paper, right? Until you get that woman that actually has a good sex drive. (laughs) And then you'd be tired. And now you're tired. Now you want her off of you. Now you're trying to sleep. <laughs> she don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. It's um, that. It's that meme. It's like um, every dude thinks they want a woman with a high sex drive until they find a woman with a high sex drive. This is so true. As a woman with a high sex drive, I can vouch <laughs> for that meme. <laughs> I'm just like, um, I don't care. You knew what it was before. <laughs> <laughs> I have no care about what you feel right now. We established this in the beginning. Pop a Motrin. Nah, headache. (laughs) I mean, sex supposed to help with the headache. So that's never a good excuse, people. You know, sometimes if you have a really bad headache, though, I've I've had a really bad one. Anyway, I'm sorry. We veered off. Migraines. (laughs) All right. This is health and sex advice, too, people. Huh? I said this is health and sex advice as well. So Health and sex advice. (laughs) There it is. You listen to Cantonette on that one. Uh-huh. No. Um, I don't know everything. <laughs> no, you just know what you know and you have a interesting perspective on life. That's what yeah. makes your show so beautiful because you're giving your perspective based on the experiences that you've had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all we can do. That's it. So let's jump into this first one. Dating one on one, what looks good on paper, but is it good while dating? The one with degrees and certifications. So the example that the builder gave for this is that a lot of um, people will think that because they have a degree or certain levels of education that they are automatically like intellectual and cultured and um, they kind of, you know, just miss the point of like your degree doesn't really make you. Yeah, And when I thought more into this one, I thought like, yes, a lot of people will obtain higher education and then they'll really just think that you're supposed to be impressed just because of that. So what has been your experience with, you know, this looking good on paper, but in practice, it's not so great. Specifically talking about the degrees. Mm-hmm. That that one is. I feel like that's one of those things that lets you be divided from other people. Almost sometimes mm-hmm. it gives people the idea that they're better than someone else who doesn't have one. And the thing is, is that I've met people who have like a high school diploma and they're very educated and articulate. And mm-hmm. I've met people with uh, college diplomas who was like, hey, whatever, like I'm going to talk how I want to talk. I'm going to do what I want to do. It, you know, it, it all varies depending on who you talk to. Like, I tend to veer towards I want someone who is more educated, whether that's a degree or not. But, you know, education is not always a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. So it can be very misleading. And I feel like it's, it's just another way to judge uh, somebody sometimes. And yeah. that, that can tend to be like a bad school of thought. So I try not to think too much about that. I just more so think about are you – I guess the inverse of that, if I would say, like, if you're worried about finding someone, like, talking about someone with a whole bunch of degrees or something like that, I think the thing would be, are they driven? Do they have a profession? Is it is it something that they're passionate about that they can build and they have the skills or they have the passion to get the skills that they need to, to build their passion? So, 
Right. Yeah. Yeah, but I have met, <laughs> I have dated women without degrees, and like it kind of worked out just like it, like it seemed. They're like, oh, oh, okay. Well, she was. What you mean by that? They just, <laughs> I mean this particular, this particular, um, the particular situations I'm thinking of, they just weren't very. They didn't seem very ambitious. Okay. Yeah, but sometimes I've dated women with higher degrees and their school of thought was just so far beyond mine. It's not, I wouldn't say they were more educated than me, but the way that they, their thought process was so different because mm-hmm. it was a different kind of education. Cause I always say I've learned more out of school than I have in school. School teaches you how to learn. I would be both like on kind of equal levels. You think so? I, I just feel I like do. school equips you to learn. And I guess it's cause of my field too. It's my mm. field. Um, my field is more like a continuing like here, this is what it is, but it's gonna change every day. Right. So that's that's kind of how I feel about that. What about you? So for me, I, I look at it like one thing you said that sparked a thought was like dating the people who who automatically think that they're intellectuals because of that education, and that's not necessarily the case. I've I've met a lot of people who have a very structured way of thinking because of their education Mm -hmm. if that makes sense so like you don't necessarily you're not creative (laughs) you know in a lot of ways or you don't necessarily think outside the box like everything is structured because you are so used to that structured way of learning you don't ever think outside the box and you don't really know how to use like critical thinking on a realistic level outside of the textbook work and all that stuff so when it comes to people who praise themselves for having a degree I'm like always feel proud of an accomplishment I have no problem with that but as far as you thinking that because of your level of education that you might know more than me or someone else that's when it becomes a problem for me and I have seen people in the dating world in my own personal experience who try to do that and you're talking at me and not having a conversation with me yeah. because you feel as though you have something to teach me based on this accolade that you have, you've acquired that tells you that you are more intellectual, you know, on a societal base than anyone else. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> it's that it's that street yeah. smarts, too, though. I, mm. I feel like sometimes situations can teach you way more than school ever can. And if you talk about coming out of a situation where you had to go through some mental or physical or any kind of hardship and you made it out and you made it to a level where you can even meet somebody that has maybe multiple degrees just to be. I don't think people understand some sometimes how hard it get it is to get out of certain situations and the things that you can really learn just from life. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, when you just been educated uh, you forget about some of the street smarts because street teaches you a lot. It's street teaches you stuff that school can't teach you. Cause it teaches you to rely not on a textbook, not on an instructor. It teaches you to rely on yourself. And so you dig deep and you find what's already there instead of you trying to search for answers that that's been placed in front of you, if that makes sense. So yeah. for me, that's why I say like my degree, I use it every day. I got a bachelor's in sociology. This conversation, you know what I'm saying, it's is like I'm a using product it right of my degree. That's why I say <laughs> I feel like I have 50-50 because education, it opened up my mind to wanting to learn, yeah. right? 
and the avenues of how I can go about learning in different ways, whether it's Google or, you know, <laughs> having to search scholar uh, articles and stuff like that. Like I do yeah. that all the time for research, even when I'm not in school. So like I use it often, but I also have enough life experience um, where I did acquire those street smarts too. So, you know, I, I want someone who is well-rounded and has that same kind of mentality when it comes to, not just focusing on the degree that they have, but what are you actually doing with the information? And can you actually understand that just because you have this, this doesn't make you better than someone else. And I shouldn't just be so impressed yeah. off this first impression that you have a degree. <laughs> I mean, that that's not even something that <laughs> I just bring up. Like, because my degrees and stuff and my awards that I got my accolades Ooh, your degrees my my <laughs> degrees and my accolades that I got from school they just sitting on the shelf they're not even on my wall no I put mine up because you know no I mean because it's <laughs> like <gen. laughs> I, no I feel that that's fair I mean I guess me too but like to be fair it's just like I, I moved into my place and I was like you know they can they can stay on the bookshelf like I know I graduated you know what I'm saying I know I, I had mm. honors you know what I'm saying but it's just not you know, one thing that this is making me think of, it, it was an article or something. I, I can't remember. It, it was a while ago, but it was talking about young women who went through school and were like highly skilled at being able to read the book and, and all of that stuff. How after they graduated, they would graduate with honors and all of this. But when they got into real life, because it wasn't structured the way that the books and stuff was structured, they struggled because they had never learned that, that what you said, like the critical, critical thought thinking. and then. It, it just was so whenever I'm out, like I try to, I feel like it's a balance and anybody who just leans too much on the degree. Too many times I've seen people like who went to a certain school. Like I I'm, I live in Michigan. So I've seen people, that's a particular school here that people go to and they feel like just by going to that school, they better than you mm -hmm. regardless of where you went. And I went mm -hmm. to a rival school and they were like, Oh, we just <laughs> way better than you. So I just, you know, I, as long as I think if you have the right characteristics and you meet mm -hmm. somebody who's educated or who has degrees or whatnot, that will never be an issue. Right. But it's just people, like you said, like going back to the, the critical thinking piece, that's something that you need in relationships. You know, just tying it back in. You need to like I've, I've t had conversations with people who are very much book smart. But then when I'm talking to you and we're trying to problem solve you just don't have the tools I need you to have <laughs> because you are so used to that structure. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm sorry that you learned this formula and it's carried you through all up to your higher education, but it, it's time to leave that where it's at because now in the world and how it is, you need critical thinking skills. You got to be able to adapt mm -hmm. to situations because I'm old enough to remember when computers really wasn't a thing. <laughs> Like I didn't have Damn, a Damn, how old are you recently? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have a we didn't have a computer growing up. We didn't have a computer growing up, like elementary school and when we in middle school, even when you know, we would do like a project, I would have a project and I would have to go get like 
a poster board and some go to the library and like do research and write it down. Yeah, I still did that now. No, I mean, but then type it out. I mean, like now you don't even have to go to the library. You could go like hit up Google, Wikipedia. You you know, like I was in the library with stacks of books and then referencing the books. And now it's like you don't have to do that. And then you could print everything else out and it looks nice. And like I had to get like crayons and colors and it's just a different feeling. It's a completely mm-hmm. different thing that a lot of kids, our, our kids will never know it. Right. All right. So the next one is the one with the quote unquote good job. (laughs) And I love this one because I thought about it a while ago and I think a builder did touch on it, but they didn't say it exactly like this. But basically, it's like when someone places their value in what they do. So their whole personality is wrapped up in the fact that they have a job and I think when it comes to the quote-unquote good job that you see that play out at least I see that play out a lot with men like they get credit for having a good job and they give themselves credit for having a good job where it's just like okay <laughs> I think a lot of that I think a lot of that is societal like the, a lot of that oh, yeah. has to do with uh a, like you to start to think about African-Americans or black culture in general mm-hmm. like that's a lot of that is get a good job Marry a man with a good job. Those, mm-hmm. depending on what side of it you are, that w- that's what was preached. Get a good job, be an engineer, doctor, lawyer. You know, if you hear people from like Nigeria and stuff like that, when they come over here, it's like you got to be a doctor, a lawyer, engineer. That's it. And that's the it. Top five. That's that's pretty much that's pretty much it. So I, I get that one. Whenever you put your identity in something like a job, it, it it's very limiting and. I think the thing that people also need to understand is that with it's always that conundrum. I've heard women be like, I want you to make a more money. I want you to make a ton of money, but I want you to be here 24 seven. And it's like, now, have you heard that those extremes though? Or no, are you just, exaggerating? I've, had, I've had a situation. I mean, that that's an, that's an extreme version of the conversation, but it's oh, like, okay. I want you to make a lot more money, but I want you to be able to be here all the time. And it's like, the things that I need to do in order to make a lot of money, a lot of money, whether it's me making it on my own with a side hustle or at a job, is going to require me to take a lot more time, and that's time away from you. So yes, I got this good job, but I don't have the time to spend. Like I've been watching this show. Uh, <laughs> it's called The Single Life. I don't know you into that ninety days. I single saw life. the commercial for it. Isn't that the the married uh, at first sight spinoff or something? No, it's a uh, the ninety. 90 day 90 day fiance yeah yeah, yeah. Right. 90 day fiance so i was watching that and, and one of the women on there was dating like this lawyer who had his own law firm mm-hmm. and that was dope and, and but he was like not returning her phone calls and texts and stuff like that but then when they got together he would do like these extravagant dates you know what i mean like he would buy like like get a rent out a yacht and go have dinner on a yacht and stuff like that but he still didn't have the time to do all of the other stuff so that's Th- something that, that looks great on paper. Oh, like, probably, the oh, they probably, oh, that the looks great. great. Job, the big bank account, mm-hmm. but in practice, it's just like, what does this actually mean for what I want? Think about and being if you are married someone who like wants that. that time. You want someone to have a more balanced life. Then that's probably you're gonna have to ask those questions of like, okay, what's your schedule look like? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what does your schedule look like? Okay, you you make six figures or whatever. Um, how does that translate into how much time you're going to be able to spend, you know? So, And uh, and the answer to that sometimes is unfortunately like very little, like if you're mm-hmm. building something, if you're like, Oh, like I like you because you're building an empire, empires take time to build. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, even with what we do, like podcasting and production and making a show and writing. Oh, we're going to get there to the creative entrepreneur. (laughs) It just, it takes time. It's like, yo, I can't stop every minute to come talk to you because, like, I'm on the mic. Like, I got to do this. And then after I finish that, you you hear our product, but it took me four hours to do it. So, right. Um, I think the the angle I'm still looking at it from, because I mean, it's all there's many different angles you can't yeah. look at it from. But I think the one that resonates with me the most is the fact that people assign their personality to this good job. Um, I see it in my job <laughs> where I talk to people, or you'll see it like. I was telling my um my best friend we were talking about this topic yesterday and she was helping me write the outline <laughs> just through conversation, right? Yeah. Shout out to Spy Danny. Spy Danny. Um and I was telling her about this guy. He was interested in me. It was years, years ago. And I just never could like I never really liked him just because I just felt like it was nothing behind his personality. Ooh. He was very proud of the work that he was doing. But that was all I knew about him. Being proud of work is one thing. I said being proud of work is one thing. Like if you're doing like philanthropy, like, oh, I'm doing this stuff that's going to really help the world. It's going to change the world. Being proud of a job is something else. Exactly. And jobs are temporary. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) If it it was a passion that he was pursuing, right? Uh, um, And I'm not saying that a job can't be a passion, but it just... (sighs) How am I trying to articulate this? I can tell when people assign their their self-worth mm-hmm. to what they do and not so much even understand who they are. So like you'll get all these, you'll get all this this stuff, right? You'll get the good job, you'll get the big bank account, you'll get whatever, and you'll assign yourself your self-worth to that because right. you don't even know who you are. And these are the same people like they'll they'll have like work related stuff all up and through their house. And I'm just like, I don't want <laughs> I don't want to bring work home. I don't want to do that. This is what I do, not who I am. But those people can't differentiate between those two. Like they really think that what they do is exactly who they are. And so they start performing in a certain way. So it's the same um concept when you see someone with greek life it's the same concept when you see someone (laughs) in the military i mean we gonna talk about it i mean it's the (laughs) same concept where it's just like you stop being yourself and you start start conforming to an idea of what you should be but who are you and so while i was talking to her about this guy i was like he never grew out of it he went on to find different things and get all these different accolades and then he started conforming to those accolades Hmm. i'm like i still don't know who you are (laughs) as a person so i feel like sometimes like even with the education thing and this especially sometimes it's easier to find identity whether it's fake or not and the things that you do and done and actually looking within yourself and trying to actually find out who you are as a person. Hey builders, it's your girl Kant with the blogger and I am back with a new and improved website. That's right. You can go to letsbuildfutures.com and get all the great blog posts that I talk about up here in one spot along with your podcast episodes and LBF news. So make sure you visit letsbuildfutures.com and continue to listen for the rest of this conversation. 
Right. And I think life experiences help with that, too. I, I can't discount that a lot of the things I've been through have forced me to, you know, find myself as a person. Um, so I can't I'm not judging someone else's experience as far as dating goes, though. I immediately recognize people that do that when in conversation you have nothing else to talk about but what you do which is another experience I had I had this guy very sweet guy always wanted to take me out sent me stuff you know what I'm saying very great but every time we on the phone you talking about work yeah you have nothing else to offer in a conversation you know what I'm saying and and I don't know who you are what do you like when I ask you you have nothing to tell me no I t- I totally get that uh, yeah. Do you think that this is a little bit off subject, but do you think that sometimes jobs contribute to the way that people treat other people in an aspect of particular jobs force you to look at life a certain way? If that makes sense. Give me an example. <laughs> uh, how about like law enforcement? Yeah, you think about somebody in law enforcement, they're always on edge because they're always ready to go. They're they're trained to forever be ready. And maybe they deal with people that are not on the up and up. Have you ever found that dating people in careers such as that, like I know you can kind of relate to some of that, Mm -hmm. ever, ever changes the way that people are personally in their personal lives? Yes, um, I think that Jobs don't force you, but they encourage you, right? So you, if you're, we spend so much of our lives working, right? And if you have a structured job, like a law enforcement job, or even a nine to five, the culture around that industry and in that particular, you know, job setting that you're at is going to influence you on some level. So one of the things that when I was job searching some years ago, people were encouraging me to become a correctional officer. I told them no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I had all the the you know credit. I had all the things I needed to get the job. You know, but I was just like, no, I would have to change too much of myself to conform to what this job is asking. You know what I'm saying? And even if I were to go in there and try to fight against and try to keep you know some agency over myself, there's certain things I would have to perform that would change me. You know? So I do think that people based on what they do they can change they can be influenced and yeah because <laughs> i don't even know some officers and i i had a check-in with them like i have some friends and i had to ask like hey how are you doing you black and you wear a uniform how are you feeling yeah, with that's everything tough. that's been going on in the country you know how have you been handling things and then and when you can't go and talk to a lot of people within your own community or even your own family about this stuff because it seems like you on the wrong side to them you know so i do know that um relationships can be affected by what the the two individuals in them can do or more because you know polyamory is a thing (laughs) oh man (laughs) i'm trying to find one that's it (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) The military man is the next one. Oh, you laughing so hard right now. 
I'm laughing because one of my battle buddies uh, gave me this one, and I immediately immediately was like, "This is a red flag." Anybody who has <laughs> been in any armed forces knows that this looks so great on paper to so many civilians. Yeah, I, I can't tell you how many women still uphold and uplift the military man, and they will just think that it's the greatest thing in the world. I'm not saying it's not. What I'm saying is behind that, <laughs> I know a lot more and I've seen a lot more. And I know that sometimes y'all praise the wrong stuff. You, you'll praise the title without understanding what was behind it so much. So in my experience, I know how people, when they are in relationships or they might be married, how they act when we have training. Because yeah. they don't act married and they don't act like they're in a relationship, oh, right? Boy. Um, and I know how a lot of times it can be someone who they just started their career and they don't really understand what it means to, you know, be in the forces. But when they go back in their hometown and go back to their families and go back to their significant other, they're the superstar. Yeah. I'm just like, you ain't did nothing. <laughs> so, um, have I mean, you seen this? I haven't like, seen it. It might pro- not be the military man, but have you seen like a version of this? No, I haven't seen anything like that, but I, I think that's just kind of, it's a, it's a society thing really, because anytime you look at any kind of title that seems prestigious and you really don't know what goes into it, you praise the title mm. more than the work that it took to get that title. So it's like the mystery of it. The thing that a lot of people wouldn't be able to do themselves is why I think a lot, a lot of praise is, is had when it comes to especially this title. Yeah, just thinking about just going through basic training, like most civilians probably wouldn't be able to handle that. Mm. You know what I mean? Just some of the stuff that you have to do to get physically and mentally ready is, I would, you know, like for you, it looks one way because you've been through a lot of that stuff. But for someone who hasn't, like myself, that just getting through that to get to that 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 spot where you actually are, you know, you graduated. Mm-hmm. Um, I give a lot of respect to those people just because it takes a lot just to get through training. Right. And and I, I mean, I have respect. No, I mean, so it's, it's, it's just, you have uh, a different kind of point of view, though, because you've been through it. Yeah, it always I always have respect, you know, but as far as when it comes to dating, <laughs> I, y'all like y'all. <laughs> Uh, I'm telling you, I don't know a lot of faithful military men. And I've been in almost 10 years. And I'm not saying that to say there's none. Yeah. Because, I mean, of course there are. I've I've dated military men. And we've had great relationships and great connections. But on the vast majority (laughs) of what I've seen, it's just like... And then on the outside, when you see these people get... They get these passes. They get the the golden platter, the the entrance into to they get like a golden ticket when it comes to dating mm. because of this. And on the other side, I'm just like, girl, no, don't do he the it. worst one. He one of the worst ones. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes women can change, man. Though uh-uh. it's not it's not it's not that they. I wouldn't say so much that they change, man. Sometimes you meet that woman that makes you want to become a better version of yourself. 
Even when you're married? Oh, uh, I mean, what? <laughs> this is what I'm saying. What? Exactly. All right. <laughs> so, How was the weather there? I don't know. The person like, that's who wild. made Pyramid, it, it, she knows. <laughs> she knows what I'm wow. talking about, too. And please don't, y'all, please don't get on me. I am not bashing. Your inbox will be lit. Arms, okay. They know what it is, though. Because it be the women, too. Let's be clear. It's the women, too. Um, I just don't see women uh, getting, like, the golden ticket in the same way when it comes to dating as men do. Men get put up on a pedestal because they're in the military. Women, it's just like, oh, you're doing something cool that I wouldn't think you would be doing. Yeah. Know? Some some men get googly eyes when you tell them, but for the majority of the of it, it's not a focal point of dating. Whereas when it comes to men, a woman will assign her personality a lot of times to his job, hmm. right? So you'll have a lot of women who they think they're the same rank as their you know spouse who is in or their boyfriend who is in the military. It's like, girl, you ain't served a day in your life. Stop it. <laughs> I've seen that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've definitely yeah. seen that before. The Greek. The Greek. The Greek. Man, Greeks. I'm. I never pledged. I thought about it a couple times, but. Would you? What were you gonna pledge, Rick? I. I don't see. I never even had one particular. <laughs> like I was never, <laughs> never p- passionate about. Say, I think I might. You know, I was pretty. I was pretty popular. A guy in college so i had a people try to get me to pledge i think a lot of people thought that i might pledge was a kappa Mm -hmm. and uh uh, one of my good friends he's a sigma and we were going through school the same time so i was intrigued because that's like one of my real life brothers you know Mm -hmm. uh, maybe i'd do that but then i saw all the crap he went through and i was like like, (laughs) i couldn't do it so I think it's I think it's a beautiful thing with that sisterhood. I'm trying to think if I've ever like dated seriously someone that's been through. It's just like having like them having a bunch of sisters. <laughs> <laughs> so the LSS. <laughs> I mean, because that's what it is. It's a sisterhood. I think yeah. when we think about the Greek, where we were talking about male or female, it's like again celebrate. Mm-hmm. You know, being a part of something that's different from you. But understand it's not just who you are. And it's a lot of people I'll see. It's just like your favorite color is the same color as, as you know what I'm saying, your, what you your um, organization. Yeah. And just like, is that really what your favorite color is? Mm-hmm. Or are you just, you know what I'm saying? And it's a lot of conforming that comes into play where it's just like, I don't know who you are outside. I can read your chapter statement and your organizational you know goals and you know statement and i can know who you are because you're just embodying everything you know to a t (laughs) about what what it means to be your organization but who are you really outside if i strip away everything who are you i think everything that you're saying for every um one that we've had so far kind of just goes into the thing in society that I feel like a lot of us do not really know who we are apart from organizations and jobs and achievements because yeah so a lot of times like I've seen women 
like one type of move or one type of music and one type of sport and they'll get with someone who likes a completely different type of music and a completely different type of sport. It's just like coming to America part one. We don't claim the second one. It's like coming to America uh, where she's like, like, well, how do you like your eggs? However you like your eggs. Yeah, so it's like too many times I feel like, I mean, men and women, I feel like we can form ourselves to fit the narrative of the person that we're trying to date or trying to be with to fit whatever we think that they want instead mm-hmm. of just being ourselves because it's so much easier. I feel like people think it's so much easier to try to be something that they're not than to actually figure out what they are. Right. Relax, heal, and embrace a better you. Spa Danny offers quality yet affordable massages customized just for you. Let Danny create a space for you to hit the pause button. Who doesn't need that at the start of 2021? Why not start today? You can call or text at 843-687-2079. That's 843-687-2079. You can also message her on her business page at spadanny underscore on Instagram. Or follow her on Facebook at spadanny LLC. You can also book online at spadannyexperience.com. That's spadannyexperience.com. Treat yourself, be good to yourself, and let 2021 be a whole vibe. So with saying that, when it comes to, like, I've, I've dated men who, you know, have been a part of Greek life. Um, and for the most part, they they didn't lean into it. You know what I'm saying? They, they didn't make their whole existence about being a part of this organization, right? They didn't play into the stereotypes of the organization. And I think that's when I start seeing where it comes into play because I have seen people, they'll play into the stereotypes about what it means to be a part of, you know, their chapter or their Greek organization. And it's just like, but that's not, I knew you before this. That's not who you are. Yeah. And if it's who you are now, like you should be questioning yourself why, you know, like, is this really what I like? Is this really what I believe? Or is it just me conforming? Is it just me falling into the expectations about what it means to be a part of this? Yeah. I don't know. It's It's tough. Like, I well, haven't not gone through it and seen people. I've seen people. I know people who are super serious about it. Like, that's them all day. But, you yeah. know, it's different Come on, levels. You're talking about they got the cardigan on. Man, uh, <laughs> they only wear one color. It's blue. Like, you <laughs> know what I'm saying? That's it. But your favorite color was orange before this. I know, so I'm just right? like, and I, and I also, I can't discount the fact that you went through an emotional disp- uh, experience and you, you know, this could now you have, you know, emotional attachments to you know, your letters and to your colors, which is supposed to be the case. But I just, I've seen a lot of people just lean too much into what it means to be the organization instead of who they are within the organization, right? That makes, that's a big distinction. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is the product of marriage. And someone gave me this and they hmm. said that um, when you come from marriage, a lot of times you think that you already know how relationships work. Mm. Um, and then I started thinking about it. And I was like, it's either that 
and you can also pick up bad expectations and place them on that other person when you're dating so because you feel like you know how relationships work you still might be internalizing a lot of those outdated misogynistic gender roles that really aren't going to be beneficial for you so both of us come from marriage yeah for um, sure how do you, how have you seen that play out with either dating someone else who comes from marriage or you yourself dating? I can remember growing up and watching my parents. And uh, the thing about it is, is that I feel like if I'm really honest with myself, a lot of the way that I am when it comes to relationships is based either negatively or um, positively on their relationship. Mm-hmm. It's either something I saw and I was like, in a relationship, I would never want to be like that. Mm-hmm. Or it's something I saw, it's like, yes, that's definitely something that I want in a relationship. So I, I just feel like it's a, a different experience uh, having, you know, coming from marriage. Be I, And there's so many different, like, I feel like it's, uh, it's almost seems like less common now to come from marriage. And especially like if your parents are still together, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. not, not a product of divorce. And uh, I feel like it's too much negative uh, stereotypes put on other people who haven't come from marriage or come from that, that you automatically put baggage on them a lot of times. I tend to do yeah. that too. So that's something I try to actively make sure that I'm not doing because you don't get to choose how you grew up. You just get to choose how you react to the things that you that's happened in your life to the point that you're at. So mm-hmm. it's just something I try to pay attention to. I don't know. I, I have never met. And it's like I can't even really think of anybody that they did i've never thought of that as a big deal you know what i mean that's never if something. they came from it or not yeah if they came from <laughs> did they make it a big deal about you coming from marriage or no had i mean expectations i think that <laughs> i think that they uh you know maybe they they ex- hold on shiloh <laughs> chill out bro calm down so y'all gonna hear me he's like i want to be a part of this <laughs> now, i think it's an expectation of like saying that i i feel like people teach women some women have tended to treat me like i had so many more advantages from coming from a product of marriage you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like oh you've had so much more you had two parents in the house it's like you don't know what my situation was like i could have hey, been at a, i could have been an advantage or disadvantage it might have been better the other way around like you don't know yeah. because some single parents do better than two parents put together you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it just depends on the structure of where you're coming from so I, I do feel like it has been that stigma put on me. Like, oh, oh, look, we got a guest. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it is a stigma sometimes. I feel like they look at me like in a privileged way. And it's like, yo, this this is it's a blessing. I say it's a blessing, but I wouldn't put any privilege on it. Like, it's great to have both of my parents, you know, have, have grown up with them. But, you know, there were times things wasn't always perfect. And it mm-hmm. might not. It's not like it was TV. TV's always perfect. It wasn't that. You know oh, we I'm weren't saying? the Cosby's. No, not at all. So, you know what I mean? It was problems and things that came from them being married that may not. If they if they hadn't been married, it might have been a different thing. So, yeah, that is the only thing. That's the main thing that I've seen. It's like, and that, and then I seem like that when I, when I was a lot younger, it's just like, oh, you're privileged because you, you, the, your parents are married. And yeah. Um, the same here. I had to grapple with the fact that I was both privileged and disadvantaged because of the sp- 
specific details of my situation of coming from marriage. Um, Because people did, as a woman especially, coming from marriage, it's like you're put on a pedestal because it's like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what the the mindset is. It's like, maybe maybe she's going to, she's not broken. You know, I think that's what it is. It's like, oh, she's not coming from a broken home, so therefore she's not broken. Yeah. Um, Then when I tell people about about the you know about the background specifics, (laughs) you know, it's just like no, you know, it's plenty of times where I was just like, please get divorced, (laughs) just do it. I ain't. That's real. It's real. That's real. I love my parents. My parents still married. I I felt like that at times. Like y'all still together? That's cute. Mm -hmm. Like how did y'all make it? Because I thought y'all got a divorce. But even that. So like, um, on the other side of that, I've seen people who they'll look at the fact that their parents were together for a long time right so my parents were together for 30 plus years yeah before my father passed away and they'll look at it and they'll want that right they'll want that longevity but what does that really mean so you know you're more focused on staying in a marriage now so a lot of women will stay yeah you know or men they'll see you know, that their father has been married for X amount of years in his life. So they'll just be focused on, you know, getting someone who can replicate. <laughs> what you said? I muted. I was yelling at Shiloh. You did not mute because I heard all of that. <laughs> How did you hear that? It was supposed to be muted. My bad. <laughs> but um, they'll be so focused on like emulating their dad that they try to get their mom you know in the dating world Ooh. and so you still are playing into those gender roles when it's just like you haven't really gained an understanding that your parents were people before they had you and during your lifetime you haven't had conversations with them to know the struggles and everything else that they've actually gone through in their marriage and you know, even if you do know some of that stuff like, oh, yeah, my dad messed up, he stepped out or, you know, whatever the case may be, then you, you normalize it because to you, that's what's normal. Yeah. That's what you've seen. And so the whole coming from marriage is a lot of times um, people thinking that because they have that privilege, then they themselves know how to date in a healthy way when in actuality you do not. So it looks great on paper. But when you come to me with these outdated gender roles <laughs> and these expectations that I'm going to be your mama, then we got a problem, you yeah. know, because I'm not her. I have different expectations based on my own agency over my, you know, body and the way that I want to operate in this world. And if you aren't ready to face the reality of, of the things that are changing within the world, because you're looking at your parents' marriage, then you're not going to be successful in dating somebody of this world. Um, that was very, uh, that was very deep and thoughtful. Thank you. You know, I try. <laughs> you do a good job. <laughs> the above average intellect. Man. So this is, I guess, is a little bit different. This isn't the same as like the person with education, but we all, I think, we've all at least experienced someone who is like really, really smart. Too smart too smart <laughs> <laughs> what's your experience with oh that? man uh the thing about being with somebody that's too smart is a lot of times they tend to cut themselves off from correction because they mm. think that everything that they do is correct 
And I've had the, I've been guilty of this at times myself in my younger, my younger years, but you tend to think that you're too, you know, if you think you know everything, then nothing else can be true. That doesn't fit what you know. Right. And you can't learn. Yeah. And you can't learn. And it's just kind of annoying because you can't have any growth without having a back and forth. But if that person automatically thinks they're right, like I think of friendships where people thought they're automatically was right. And it's, that's kind of like, it's such a, a grinding block because a lot of times in those situations, when you have conversations where you don't agree, either you, one of y'all just grind to a halt. Usually it's not even like, it's not a back and forth because I already know everything. It's just like it just grinds it to a halt and there's no growth and it's just frustration. It's mm-hmm. incredibly difficult. And it's just You sound like you really experienced. Yo, I have, like for real. Like it's just <laughs> So it's like, yeah, you're smart. That's cool, but you're not smart in every aspect of life. You might be mm-hmm. smart in A B C, but if we're talking about C D and E, A B and C don't mean the same thing as C D and E. Mm-hmm. Like you just I don't know. I feel you on that. And I, I, it's just, I love smart men. And so usually I gravitate, gra- gravitate towards these men, yeah. <laughs> these intellectuals, because I'm an intellectual person. It is very, very important for me to be stimulated mentally um, and b- to be able to have and, and, and carry a conversation. The downfall of that is, <laughs> sir, you don't always, you're not always in a position to teach me because you don't know. So, like, it'll be the language around the conversation a lot of times where it's just like at first glance and first impressions, you you are excited that you can carry a conversation with this person. And then you start realizing that this person always think that they got to tell me they be what mad. I should think and they how be- I should do something and <laughs> how I should operate. Like, they're teaching me as if I wasn't operating as an adult. And I, as if I'm not as intelligent as them. And then you realize that they really don't think that you're as smart as they are <laughs> do you ever get that mansplaining the mansplaining oh, oh my god i think that's a yes <laughs> i hate it and every time it happens i i get quiet and i have to explain to the person why are you explaining this to me <laughs> what made you think that i didn't know this yeah you didn't ask if i knew you just assumed i didn't know because you assume you're the smartest one in the room which is not true I've had to do that several times to men. And it's just like, you're intellectual, but that doesn't mean you're smarter than me. It is not a competition. Like, it's supposed to be a a give and take. I'm supposed to be able to learn from you. You're supposed to be able to learn from me. We're supposed to be able to teach each other. But if you're always putting yourself in a position to be the teacher, then how are you ever going to learn? Yeah. It's been, I can think of a situation where I was dating someone who was, like, really intelligent and i i have i was talking about chess i was explaining something like my branding for one of my brands has a has a pawn and a chess piece Mm -hmm. and i was explaining why i did it and i was explaining the way the pawn works in chess because i feel like chess is more of an obscure thing for people to know how it works it wasn't because i didn't think she was intelligent i was like i was explaining how the pawn worked i was like oh this is I don't know if you're familiar with this. I'm familiar with it. And she was so offended that I wanted to explain it. And it wasn't because she was a woman. It wasn't because she was who who she was. It's that most people that I've come across don't know anything about chess. 
Did you ask you? Did you ask her that before? It would be like, yo, like I don't know if you know about this or not. It was kind of like a whole thing because the whole story is based around the explanation of a pawn. Right. But she was like so offended. I was like, I'm sorry, I don't know what you, I don't know what you know. But instead of just being like, yo, I know what that is. I'm like, oh, cool. It was like, yo, like I don't believe that you. In. It's like, all right, my bad. Like most people don't know. I apologize. And it became such a thing because it's like you're insulting their intellect because you didn't assume that they already knew what that was. All right. I mean, it, but that's where communication comes into exactly. play. Like a lot of times, it's miscommunication. You know, causes these these moments we have with people. And I do know, like, even sometimes when men ask me. Hey, you know such and such? They don't wait for my answer. <laughs> they immediately start explaining. And I'm just like, wait a minute. I already know. What are you doing? Because you assumed I didn't know. And you were excited to feel like they the superior one and, and showing me something that you thought would be new to me. You know oh, you're saying? thinking it's a superior thing? I thought it would be like teaching you something new. I get excited to teach people something new. Like, hey, you ain't know this? Let me teach you. Like, bet like let me put you but if it's game. not new to me and you don't wait for me to tell you it's not new to mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. then it is a little bit of a superiority complex <sighs> because you feel like you're in a position to teach me something new you know what i'm saying i would Instead disagree you- i would disagree because sometimes it's just an exuberance thing sometimes people are so excited they don't wait for the other people to answer i don't think it's a superiority thing i think it's like i'm so excited to share this information with you that it's not that I think I'm better than you. It's just like I want to. I want to show you something. I think it can go I either agree way. With that to a certain I think extent. it can I go either like way. A lot of times, it's that small thing that people continuously do, right? So mm-hmm. if it's always, oh, I'm excited to show you this new thing. Yeah, you're like not a puppy. waiting for me to tell you whether it's new or not. That's not just you excited to show me this new <laughs> thing. That's you always feeling like you're in a position to show me a new thing instead yeah. of just seeing if I know it or not. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. No, nah, I feel you. Agree I, 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 no, I mean, I I agree. And just, just differently. Like I agree. <laughs> you know, because I mean, it don't have to be one hundred percent. Like, uh, in certain situations, like it yeah, can, you got great. It, 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 it can be. Course. It can be both. Both. Both can be correct. <laughs> All right. The big spender. A big spender. Boom, hey. boom, boom, What's that Jay Z song? Something like oh, that. this big pimp. Uh, I thought he had a big <laughs> spinner song too. I don't know. This big pimp. Never yeah. mind. Sorry, y'all. Oh um, uh, man. So <laughs> it's completely different. One, <laughs> well, uh, maybe it's not. I said that's completely different, but I was like, oh, well, maybe it's not. That it is. Oh, well. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Never mind. <laughs> um. <laughs> so the one that doesn't mind spending money on you. Hmm. But then you have to, you know, it looks good at first sight, then winding and dining, but then you have to start questioning, like, is this person financially responsible and stable because, you know, how much they make isn't keeping up with their spending habits. Mm -hmm. And even though they seem generous, it could be carelessness, too. So have you had that experience? I don't no. I mean, like I've never met. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a guy, and I'm kind of traditional. So, I, I guess probably people, some people could see me as a big spender, um, because I don't mind spending on the person that I'm crazy about, and it's, it's only gonna be one person at a time. I ain't about to be you like, like blowing stacks for like 
20 different women, but... But your bills will be paid, too, so... My bills will be paid. I'm financially responsible. Uh, Just just as in the general thing, whenever I hear about somebody talking about a big spender, the, the main issue that they tend to run into is that if your love language is not uh, gifts... And that's that. That tends to be the only love language that people like that know how to speak. And it's like, hey, I'm spending all this money on you. You should know that I care about you and that I love you. And that's not always the case. And I feel like uh, that's when that gray area starts. Where I've seen women be excited to date a big spender, and then they realize that that's all they got. They haven't developed they have anything else. Like they don't have time for you. They don't have any sincerity for you. They just got this money for you, and that's it. And that's all you're getting is the money. He got a black car, girl, but, yeah. um, I've, I've heard women talk about that, too, where it's just like, you know, everyone's saying that they want to date a man, kind of like what we were talking about early, date a man with um, a certain salary or a certain amount mm-hmm. in his bank account. But what does that mean? Like, he's going to be able to spend on you, but that might be all you're getting from this person. Yeah. You know, because he doesn't have anything of substance to offer or he don't have the time to even try to offer, you know, anything else to you. Um, And then I've always just thought like, like I can't be bought. (laughs) You know, that's always my thing too. Yeah. But um, as far as I don't, I wouldn't say big spinner, but I did have a, a situation where a guy he came to see me i think we went out took me on a date or whatever and or he didn't have enough gas money to get back home yo and i was just like why did you come <laughs> what were you what was your thought process with this whole thing and what made you think it was okay for you to think that i was going to chip in on your ga- gas tank and his logic was well i came to see you this is when I realized I wasn't so great at dating <laughs> and I had to improve some stuff because Man. I had to hold myself accountable for that. But yeah, so um, a lot of times I, when somebody leads with how much they make and all this different kind of stuff, my first question is like seeing if this person is financially responsible yeah, and seeing if they're financially literate and if they understand money, <laughs> you know? That's a good point. It definitely is. Um, yeah. It's just so much that comes with that too. And not to make a generalization, but I'm going to make a generalization. Uh, a lot of those people, like especially those men like who have like unlimited resources, they tend to be more free with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, they're doing that to you and it might be special to you, but they're doing it to 15 other different women at the same time. And then at the same time, you take another flip. The other thing that I hear is that, yo, I did this for you. Like, I spent all this money on you. What you what you got for me, girl? Mm, the tit for tat. I mean, mm-hmm. What you got for me, girl? You about to give me some of that 11? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like what you think? Which like, is, I mean, mm-hmm. listen, if y'all, if that's the kind of transactions, because some people do choose to have that. It's just like, true. I don't care if you got that's other true. 15 you know, girls, as long as let me, you know, get what I need. Let me get these Louis Vuittons. Let me get you know, mine. <laughs> that's, if that's how you want to do, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Just don't be expecting anything else from, from this person. <laughs> a lot of times, you you know, you get your feelings hurt when yeah, you expect, sure. expect the big spanner to have a lot more to offer. You know, uh, if he does, you, you really hit the jackpot. <laughs> I'd rather have someone who wants to be a big builder. You know, can we do, do both? Okay, I mean, <laughs> nobody need to spend to build some, a little I bit. I mean, sometimes it's hard to do both because you have to really be focused on what you're building. And 
you know, when I, when, as you build and you start to get a level of success, you start to think about the stuff that you could do with the money that you're going to spend to do something else. Mm-hmm. And that's why sometimes it's hard for people like us to spend money on ourselves. Like I can spend it on somebody that I'm in love with. Like I have a woman right now. She could call me. I'm not in a relationship, but I have a woman right now who could call me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And ask for something. I'll be like, I got you. But at the same time, like it could be like you know two hundred dollars. Like I would, I would have a hard time spending that two hundred dollars on myself. On me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The alpha or the independent? Woman? Oh my goodness. I'll let you go first on this one. Man. <laughs> what has been your experience with independent women, oh, quote man. unquote? So the quote unquote independent women that I've dealt with are not actually quote unquote independent. Hey builders, you just listened to part one of Dating Rules 102. Great on paper, not in practice. Make sure you join me next week for part two of the same episode. Thanks again for listening. And remember to go and have a conversation with a friend. Bye.